Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. So how many five cash fives have you cashed in? <laughs> I played the number that was on that uh, that ad, too. Yeah. And I had no luck, man. <laughs> I think there's a movie theater down the street that's not open anymore. We can just grab the sign and put his name up there. I like that idea. There we go. <laughs> Wall Janger and Green Lantern of the week. In brightest day and darkest night, no home shall not be sold in his sight. <laughs> We're so. now live. Perjangers and Wall Hangers presents the Triforce. So this is Triforce Podcast. This is number 210 in the Perjangers and Wall Hangers Media Network. And of course, we have a very special guest with us, one Mr. Tony Brown, and uh, one, well, let's start this off right. I'm Matthew Bugrell, the Matt Man. To my left is Christopher Bristow, the old man. In the Projanger box, we have Katarina Thermoscara, all the way in from Thermoscara. Wonderful woman! We also have our special guest, Tony Brown. Very, very special. And our omnipotent presence, who is hardly heard, the producer, big brother, Stephen Bugrell. So... Tony and I go way back, all the way to high school, and I'll start this story off with where it should. I'm walking into the cafeteria one day. I see a modeling agency, uh, you know, have a little table set up in front of it. They want you to sign up, and I walk in. I walk to the table, sit down, and... At that time, it was me, Tony, and, like, three other people we barely talked to. And me and Tony would just joke around back and forth. It was a great time. Now, this day, Tony came in, and he was like, oh, man, did you check out that table? I signed up out there, man. And I was like, hey, man, whenever you get to Hollywood and you, you know, you make it big, don't forget about me. Well, now here we are. Actor, producer, you know, Realtor, successful realtor, 10 times over. This man is on fire, and I can't help but think it's it's his drive and dedication just to what he is doing and his craft in every kind of form. So just to, you know, just to start you off really right there, Tony, welcome to the Triforce Podcast. Thank you for having me, everybody, man. I appreciate this. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. So, as you and Kat were talking a little bit earlier, you have a, produ- a producer credit here for Straight Out of the A. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and you also won, like I was talking to you about, uh, Drown the Clown. But the director, you've been in multiple uh, movies with this director. It was uh, Natural Rejection, uh, Cupid's Guillotine. You know, you've been in a lot of different stuff recently with this guy. And, you know, is is it always like, hey, Tony, I need you. Uh, I, I got a role for you. Or did he just, like, latch on to you and like something about you? Yeah, so so one of, how I met him, man, it was one of my actor friends. And, and they put me on to him. And I would say, you know, I'll do whatever. You know, I'll come out for any small project, big project, whatever it is you got going and uh, over the last decade, a little over a decade, every few years he produces a film. Uh, he writes it, directs it, shoots it. And from there, 
you know, he always gives me a call to get a, to be a part of it. Uh, this one was probably, if you guys watch those other ones, uh, it, it was, this was his most grounded film, uh, Drown the Clown. It wasn't like out of this world. So he, he was getting better as he went along. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is shot by him, written by him, everything. It, it's, we're on set, he, it's him behind the camera. It's him telling us what we need to do. It's the one-man army, and that hustle is something I always wanted to be a part of. So anytime they got a film, I'm sure I think the next one I'll be starring in whenever they write <laughs> it and get it going. But uh, well, I, I noticed it was in like Natural Rejection. I think you, it just says, you know, Anthony Brown killer. <laughs> <laughs> how 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 factual is that IMDb? I'm just wondering. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> he does. Uh, just to let you guys know, he doesn't actually kill. Right. <laughs> Special effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. That, that film, I think my voice was uh, dubbed or something in one scene or something, man. It was it was weird. It gets a little crazy in his older films. But uh, when I saw the script for Drown the Clown, I knew it. Like, I really wanted to be a part of that and that it was going to be something better than the previous. And it sure was, in my opinion. I thought it was. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I love the film. Like even the cheesy kind of parts in it. I also, I was like making fun of it, but I was making fun of it because I liked it. You know that cheesiness adds to it. You, you know, went wrong, the You went film. along with the ride on that one. That's what you did. I did. You know, and you know, I mean, yeah. I want to spoil the shit out of this, but you guys are just gonna have to watch the end credit scene for that. Which and the link, the link for the movie will be on. on on the podcast. Absolutely. It's on Amazon Prime. And if you are an Amazon Prime member, you can check this out for part of your subscription. So it's it, it's a great watch. You got 4.1 out of 5 stars on Amazon for this movie, Drown the Clown. Um, the Renee, the lead actress, her journey through the role was story-wise, it was very good. It was very moving and that was a big part of what I really liked about this story on top of, I mean, obviously I watched it because he was in it. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got to give props to your boy. That's what you I'm know, if Tony wasn't in it, I would have been like, bap, it sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> Tony's in it. Yeah, to the side, I feel you. You know? <laughs> and it, it, it really just kind of stepped up to where you dominated through it. It wasn't just like, oh, that's Tony. Like, no, he is that role and he's very much is you see the professionalism in it and even though that it's not you know going to be you know in the awards segment or anything like that this is still a solid film that everybody should watch even in the cheesy nature like i was saying before the podcast it's almost like one of those you know hallmark kind of channel 90s made for tv movies that's it's extremely cheesy but when you watch it you're just gonna love it because you love the characters that are in it and the people that are involved in it. And it's one of those things that I'm happy for you for being involved in this. And I'm just happy that one over it's getting great reviews and it's, you know, still out there on the interwebs in this time that we have a lot of people have extra time to watch a great movie like that. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate that support. For sure. Now, is this a genre that you thought that you would um, have so much of your, your acting credits towards? Uh, for me as an actor, I think uh, I was always open to anything. I, I, you know, I expected to get like typecast if, you know, play the, the thug role or whatever it is. Um, 
maybe play a soldier in a, in a film or something. Uh, but this, I think when I saw the role, it was so neutral. Uh, they told me I was wearing a suit, so I wore my own suit the entire film. It was like the uniform of the film each day, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what day is it? Everybody else got different clothes on, and then there's me with my, my same suit. <laughs> the signs of an intelligent person. <laughs> well, even his wife, like his, his wife was in the movie as the receptionist. Now, was that just because you were in it? Like, hey... I'll tell you about that, man. So when I met with the the guy who wrote it, directed it and everything, um, while we were sitting there, he was still casting other roles. Uh, so when we were talking about my role, my wife just, I mean, she jumps right in there on me. She's my biggest pusher. Oh, yeah. I've met her. <laughs> you are muted, my friend. Can we, you... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Your internet himself. is... Oh, can you hear me now? There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. A little bit of internet issue. So, there we go. Um, she just forced her way on him, man. And I, I looked over <laughs> at her when she said, I'll take that role. And I just looked over her at her, knowing she never had a speaking role before, ever. And, you know, I could, say, I could, I could tell he had the pressure on him. And he just yeah. said, all right, yeah. Yeah, we'll work through it. Why not? Why not? Like, that was the biggest surprise of watching that movie, just seeing your wife. And I was like, I know her! I know her! <laughs> oh, man. I have a, a good knack for getting her in as many projects as possible. I mean, it was a, a commercial I shot with uh, Kate Flannery from The Office. Yes. Royal. Uh, and if you look in the background, my wife is right there, sitting at standing at the bar, pretending to talk with some people. It still pops up her. on my Facebook, but I will look <laughs> next time. I will be watching out for her. Tell her I'm her biggest fan. <laughs> Big on Twitter, man. You definitely hit her up, man. <laughs> I'm sensing. I'm sensing a way we can parlay a radio, like a radio uh, role for us. <laughs> <laughs> so you were also in Evil Lies Here earlier on, uh, the mother's boyfriend, and that was uh, one of those. I guess it was a. Uh, like, what was it? Um, like John Walsh from uh, yeah. America's Most Wanted. Yes. <laughs> like Katarina is always so infamously, not the Eagles. Not the Eagles. Or Joe Walsh, our, fan, our big Perjanger fan. Um, so you were in that. You were in uh, The Mint uh, oh, as yeah. the music engineer. Oh, did you guys really watch that? Did you watch that, man? <laughs> I did not watch that, but I looked it up on IMDb. Right. <laughs> I got a little story on that one too, man. So that actually was directed by the guy that was supposed to be writing uh, straight out the A that, you know, was in development that fell apart. Um, so I think he threw me that role. Um, I didn't audition for it. He threw it to me just because I was, you know, the connection between uh, the Goody Mob and doing the book to try to get that to a movie. Um, so he passed that my way. My scene was supposed to be with the rapper um, Rakim. And I guess he felt it wasn't important enough of a, a shoot for him to show up. So he decided not to show up at the last minute. So <sighs> I'm only in the opening scene. I have a few lines in that scene and everything. Uh, you know, a notable character other than uh, Jay Wow from the Jersey Shore, who's the name person in that film. Uh, there was, uh, if you know the, if you remember the group, was it uh, El Barge? Yeah. Everybody, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the bar's uh, daughter uh, was was in that film as well. But I mean, that's just the world of independent films. It just, yeah. You win some, you lose a whole bunch of. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll also find you in Black Days, Special Officer Mike. Special yes. officer. Not just a regular officer, but he's special. 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 <laughs> yeah, that, that was like a all I guess that was around the height of the zombie films. Um, yeah. That was just kind of you know their spin-off. And uh they, they had a role in one episode. I, I died in that episode. They never I don't think they ever got funding and, and got produced uh to a network, but um you know, for me, I think like spinoffs like that have a, a harder chance because it's not original, and then you're competing against like Walking Dead. Oh yeah, so, you can't yeah. compete against Robert Kirkman. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the man, especially in the zombie lore, is really just kind of on his own level. Um, or as I like to call Temple Run movies. Yeah. Yes. So you're also in Happy Tears and The Happening, a little movie. Yeah. You might have heard it. You might have heard of that one, The Happening. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Right. But that's just kind of, I feel like, in the area, because that was your first kind of foray into the major films like that. It said college student there that you played. So he was always big into getting people from the area into the films. Yeah, Yeah, he still does. Still does, man. They're shooting. He shoots... uh, his TV show uh, Servant, um, and that, that's they, they do that in the area still, always casting. Um, I haven't booked anything on that, but if you do, then we'll start watching. Exactly, <laughs> but you I also. Like but I mean, be also you're also big, the PA lottery guy. You'll see oh, him yeah. every holiday. You'll see him in the holiday commercial. You'll probably see him on the side of the highway that you're driving down, holding up the lottery ticket with a big thumbs up. So Matt and I were talking. (laughs) With the pointing (laughs) of the ticket, man. Uh, Right there. Matt and I were talking. So how many five cash fives have you cashed in? (laughs) (laughs) I played the number that was on that uh, that ad, too. I had no luck, man. (laughs) And then, of course, it's just just glad for residuals. (laughs) Every year, man, I'll take it. (laughs) And it also says here that you went to Concord Law School. Yeah, briefly. Uh, Man, we were starting. uh, Yeah, we we were starting. And at that time, man, I was staying in school until something stuck. So, you know how that can be. Like, you know, where you're going in life, and it's tough. Everything, trying to figure it out. And, you know, I finished my master's in I was like, man, ah, I'm still broke. No idea. <laughs> More school. And uh, so I briefly attended law school. Um, but at that time, we were able to start a new business in uh, in, in the Medicaid field. Mm-hmm. And that started taking up uh, me and my wife's time. And from there, we, I just kind of dropped out of all the extra schooling that I didn't really need and you know, pursued something that actually started getting us somewhere in life. It yeah. actually is ourselves so well more power to it because the more like it, it shows like just the even though that you didn't know you had a vision of where to go you still were trying to grind to figure out to see if the see if it will open up eventually and it did 
So more yeah, power man. to you, because most people, most people kind of give up at that moment where they like I I feel like when they're feeling lost. I appreciate they, the hustle. Yep, yeah, right. the the hustle is real. Keep on grinding. It is real. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you got this major part in Drown the Clown, which I was ultimately also pissed off that it said when in the starring, it did not have his name. I was like, he's in the fucking three quarters of the goddamn movie. Are you fucking kidding me? You're pissed off that he wasn't marqueed? Yeah, man. He's literally like number two. That's all right. I think I think there's a movie theater down the street that's not open anymore. We can just grab the sign and put his name up there. I like that idea. There we go. It's called guerrilla marketing. Yes, all right? it is. We'll get it. We'll get your name out there. You got to be aggressive. With your first foray into this big, you know, acting role, my question to you is, what DC... Or Marvel character would you love to play? If they said, Tony, we need you a static shock. Are you answering tomorrow? Oh, yeah, I'm answering, man. I think back in the day, like, I, I actually was hoping and even looking long before there was ever a Green Lantern movie, man. I, I really wanted I to. was going to say that, too. <laughs> I was gunning for it. Like, I just, I don't know. It was something about you the Green know. Lantern and, and that movie. And Cyborg that, that is open. Bad. <laughs> I'm just saying, Cyborg is open. I, I think it's. Are we going to replace no, Ray Fisher no. with Tony Brown? <laughs> we're going to replace a, a, a Camden person from a, for an Oxford person. That's what we're going to do. I'll allow it. Cyborg is open there, Tony. Just saying. <laughs> I could uh, I could see him for a bunch of different roles. Snyderverse hashtags, have you? <laughs> what was that, Cat? I said, I guess you haven't seen all the Restore the Snyderverse hashtags out there. <laughs> but I think you'd make an amazing yeah. lantern. I'm all for that. Okay. A nice lantern. I kind of thought, especially if you're going into DC and Marvel, why not Mr. Terrific? Okay. All the gadgets. I could see him as a bishop. Oh, fucking right. <laughs> bishop? Oh, yeah. Mutants Cause are big Because he, he's yeah, a badass yeah. in that one, and he fits yep. the bill. Yep, now, yep. Tony, you're going to have to get swole for Bishop. You're going to have to get it, jacked. You just, the Marvel treatment. you just got to go to the Marvel, get the Marvel treatment like they've done to everyone else. Look, just fine. do what fine. Jamie Foxx did for getting ready for Mike Tyson. You'll be fine. Yep. You may be eating nothing but protein all, every day and, uh, you and know, weightlifting. Really no but reason why you can't play both. There have been plenty of actors that have done both a DC and a Marvel character. Yep. You There's even directors that, that have done it. Yeah, there you go. James Gunn. <laughs> and then once you get your foot in the door there, then Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the second Black Jedi. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I take it all, man. When it comes to performing, but oh, make, comes but, to play, man, I, no, no, no. I make him a gray Jedi because then that <laughs> would be perfect. Oh, he'd be the first gray Jedi. There we go. We're creating so many business opportunities for you right, right here. Right. <laughs> None that will that pan out, awesome. but still. <laughs> Green Lantern, Green Lantern. Let's go. <laughs> Look, HBO Max. I'm saying they got the Lantern Corps he's series. Like there. He's like sitting there, sitting there, like, like no whammies, no whammies. Don't get fired. Stop. <laughs> 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 
So ultimate success to you first and foremost, because uh, like I said many times, love Drown the Clown. We are going to be continuing to push this next story, which of course is our ad segment for Tony Brown Homes. Are you in the market for a home? Well, we have the realtor right here. You're going to want to go ahead right here and contact Tony Brown Homes, facebook.com backslash Tony Brown Homes, because he's going to get you set up with the premier home for you. Not only does he set you up with the perfect home, he finds out the needs you need. What do you need in that home? Do you need a bar? Do you need a fucking infinity pool? What about the garage for the Mercedes and the, and the McLaren? He's going to set you up with that. Uh, Tony, where are you licensed in? Yeah, so we cover uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware. I'd like to throw in there that uh, we just started our insurance group. So we're selling homeowners insurance, hand car, and auto. Uh, nice. uh, PA, Maryland, Delaware. So tri-state region. All right. Excellent. On top of an excellent actor, he is an excellent realtor. And, you know, looking out for everybody's insurance. best insurance and needs, if you will. So... Ultimately, it, this has just been an ultimate pleasure, man. I'm so glad to have you on. Anything, anytime you have another project going on, you are more than welcome to hop back on here and promote it. We are always here for you. And, uh, you know, any kind of roles that your wife gets, of course, she's going to be the star. Uh, we'll highlight her because her acting role, let's be honest, it's it's shining a little bit higher than yours. You know? <laughs> hey, man. You can shine better than me, man. I, I love it. <laughs> and if you come across any scripts that require a radio show, let us know. <laughs> you know, we are more than willing and open to that. So feel uh, just feel free to drop them in the inbox. Oh, man, for sure, man. I'm always seeing castings that I definitely want to, like, I, I see stuff for, like, family and friends, and I'm like, eh, they're not in it, but. It'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, money. Hey, it's money for everybody in that business, man. I'm telling you. Absolutely. And when I eventually write that ultimate script that I think I'm going to, I have a role for you. <laughs> you need some help on that script, man. I'm down. So there we go. We'll talk on that on that level. But feel free to drop out anytime you want. Um, we're gonna get back into our normal normal segment here, but. I'm going to be continuing to push Tony Brown Holmes on the podcast here and everything that you do. Thank you so much for stopping on, brother. Purge hangers and wall hangers yes, fans. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank oh, everybody. Uh, thank He's... everybody. Thank Tony Brown. Honorary wall janger. Okay. Wall janger and green lantern of the week. In brightest day and darkest night, no home shall not be sold in his sight. <laughs> you just got a tagline there, sir. You're welcome. Oh, that's for free. Pass that to me, man. <laughs> We're here all day, you know. I'm all week. Some copyright issues, but for the most part, that was. <laughs> yeah, no, man, they may have a problem with it, but like, yeah. like Connor would say, that was a good segue. <laughs> that was a good segue. Oh, uh, so we're going to hop on over here to PJ, A&D, 
WH.com to where you're going to find all of the luggy and nuttiness and the craziness right up top here at the funniest moments. Last week's uh, Lug Nuts podcast, Pinky Out, Ford Ranger Reskinned, as well as last week's Triforce <laughs> podcast, Goomba Death Metal Band with Joel Miller. And, of course, uh, that was... An awesome interview with Tony. Yes, it was. Yes. He's a great guy, super humble, and an awesome realtor if you need him. An insurance agent. But that's not why we join here. We join here every week. Because to take over the world? Not just that, Pinky. Oh, We join here to dig up the nerdiness and geekiness and copy and paste it over to the internet without any glue stick. Which, of course, tonight... Because he ate it. Killer starfish. (laughs) (laughs) Giant killer starfish. George's New Deal. Watermarked hackers... Poke a card heist and more on the Triforce podcast. And we're going to hop on over here to our first story, which is Black Clover is getting a movie. I'm so, so happy I broke you. <laughs> a little bit there. A little bit. So the announcement came with the very short and loud video, uh, but there wasn't much information in it. The video mostly highlights some of the art. Uh, from the manga as and the popularity of the, from the series, as well as some of the scenes from the creators behind the anime at Studio Periot. Uh, the trailer doesn't appear to have any actual information in it and on what the movie's plot might actually be. So we are in the dark there. Uh, the announcement comes just two days before the Black Clover anime is set to end. Black Clover's anime has run for four seasons. The show started in 2017, just two years after the manga's debut issue. Episode 170 of the anime, which will be its final episode, is set to air on March 30th. No word yet on to when the Black Clover movie might be released. Uh, However, the uh, the series' Twitter account has said that the information will be released, quote, at a later date. So we'll have to check out this Black Clover. And as well as I do believe, old man, um, My Hero Academia are both two series, rather, that are ending. I didn't hear about the ending part, but if if it's ending, my daughter's... Well, the the manga for My Hero Academia is ending, and I believe that ultimately, like... Boruto, that's going to mean the anime is going to be ending soon. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to... Uh, spin off into different series, especially with how popular it is. Right. I don't see that happening. But with Black Clover, man, I really thought that that kind of had Naruto kind of roots in it because they had multiple different, um, they had multiple different kind of uh, nations around that who were all magic users. That I think they could have really worked that into the story more. Got a little bit more granular. Yeah, a little bit more into it, but I think that it could have it could have been better. But because in the beginning of Black Clover, it was a lo- it was a long, slow burn, and it really it took a while to hit. Um, I haven't started Black Clover because um, Connor. <laughs> I don't want to watch it in front of Connor. 
That one is a little bit mature for Connor because they have the quote-unquote fan service, which <laughs> it means essentially big boobs and bikinis. Um, but not a lot of blood. So as long as you're okay with big boobs, then you're fine. Or more in line, if your wife's okay with it. All right, all right, that's, maybe. That's, that's, let's get back to it. That's really so, who's in charge. So I will watch it on Wednesdays and Thursdays when she's not in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer, sir. Excellent right next answer. to your porn. Answer all right. of a pro. Now, one other thing on you may be wanting. <laughs> Another thing you may be wanting to watch on Wednesdays and Thursdays is this next story because Rick and Morty season five trailer and a June premiere date is released. Are they, are they ever going to let anyone uh, see it? No. 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 It's okay. just going to be released, but no unless, unless you're in the right uh, reality, you're not going to be able to watch it. That's. Their new ad campaign. I still haven't been able to see the last fucking season. Well, On you know, Max. You kn- and go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage there. Uh, you're going to want to silence the audio. I was watching it with the audio. Um, you never quite know when Rick and Morty will return from a hiatus from new season. Uh, Adult Swim announced on Tuesday that season five of Dan Harmon and Justin Rowland's animated comedy will debut on June 20th. The kickoff for the new season will also beget a Rick and Morty day, which promises sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes footage, and special surprises across TV, digital, and social. While there are lingering plot lines that the show has yet to wrap up, Rick and Morty season five trailer mostly sticks to whatever batch of Rick and Morty episodes promises, uh, which is intergalactic, uh, multiverse madness, all that kind of good stuff. In Normal Rick and Morty. Yeah. In the short glimpse of the new season, we see everything from Rick's version of Voltron to some kind of BDSM planet that also involves a Marlin Extremely Rick and Morty through and through. So, you know, that's Rick. And then... (laughs) That totally doesn't fit what's on screen. No? Okay, well, we tried. But back in 2018, Adult Swim ordered a whopping 70 episodes of Rick and Morty, and a number that would likely take that animated series to 10 seasons. It's a prized possession of the network, and now a prized possession for Warner Media as a whole. Uh, the trailer reminds fans that all four seasons of the show are currently streaming on HBO Max. Rick and Morty Season 5 premieres June 20th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes, there is an Adult Swim collection on HBO Max. I'm sorry I suddenly have to go and watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> here right now. You're on your own. And we don't have a producer anymore. The animation anymore. still looks beautiful, so like I, I enjoy the show. Yeah, I really love Rick and Morty, and I think that you know with Season 5 coming out, it's you know been such a a hard battle to get this show rolling and with that 70 episode order with which if they keep doing what they're doing you're going to get a lot more than that 
And I'm really excited for this because Rick and Morty is one of those shows that, especially for for dark humor nerd fans, it's so smart, it's so intellectual, you can go into the show and pick apart, you know, philosophy-wise, pick it apart and analyze it. So... I, I still enjoy the show. That's all I need to do. It's Just fun. enjoy the show. Yeah. I can check my brain at the door and still be entertained. And there's plenty of dick and fart jokes. So you'll be at home. It's okay. <laughs> you'll be right at home. Just like... Double time. Cat will be at home with this next story. Which, of course, is Batman, the long Halloween voice cast, fe- features Jensen Eccles and Josh Dumont. Obviously, Kat, you're a big Supernatural fan. I so, am. Jensen Eccles right in there. But he is playing Batman. I know. That kind of throws me off. He campaigned really hard for Red Hood. You so know? Batman is, is a little jarring. It's weird, right? Not, not unhappy with it. It's just after all that, the photo shoot and everything. Yeah. Just it's, Never mean, mind. I'm like, Batman oh. now. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why he can't do both, but it's just... I mean, it's still weird. Yeah, it is. It's an awkward story. For sure. You know? It's like your uncle becoming your dad. I kept on checking the date to make sure that this wasn't an April Fool's joke. Like, are they... Oh, yeah, no. I picked this well before all this. (laughs) I I did not pick... I made sure, fans, not to pick any stories that came out today. I was not falling for that shit. I'm just All not stories risking. submitted by PJ and DWH is officially non-April Fools. Yeah. Here's your disclaimer. Today. We don't um, have the energy for that. Yeah, no. In August, it was confirmed that a two-part Batman The Long Halloween animated adaptation was in the works arriving 2021. The Long Halloween is considered one of the greatest Batman stories ever and is said to be a major inspiration of the upcoming Robert Pattinson film. As far as the animated film is concerned, the Hollywood Reporter shared the Batman Under the Red Hood's Jensen Eccles, Joss Tumal, and other stars will help bring it to the screen. Uh, the Long Halloween Part 1 will feature the voice talents of Jensen Eccles as Batman, Josh Tumal as Harvey Dent, uh, Bill Burke as uh, James Gordon, Titus we- Welvler as Carmine Falcone, David Desmalchikan. Desmalchan? Is that what it is? Desmalchan? Desmalchan. There we go. As Calendar Man. I love those things. They're great. The little little bags and the little... (laughs) (laughs) That chip... It's like a chip, right? It's like it's a it's like deep fried. <laughs> Troy Baker is Joker. Adam yeah. Landecker as Barbara Gordon, or I'm sorry, Amy Landecker, not Adam. <laughs> Hi, my name's Betty. I like long walks in the park and fresh flowers. Where's my Virginia Slims? <laughs> Julie Nathanson as Gideon Dent. Jack Quaid as Alberto. Uh, Fred Telsor. How you doing, gorgeous? Solomon Grundy. Alistair Duncan as Alfred. And the late Naya Rivera as Catwoman. Um, so, wow. Troy, Troy Baker's Joker, 
will be in an homage to Mark Hamill's Joker because that's the Joker that he delivers. Nice. I, I appreciate that, especially if you're going to be doing that as just like a nice homage he, to him. He because does, that style of Joker is very iconic. There, There's videos of Troy Baker doing like the actual killing joke scene in, in, in like a Mark Hamill-esque Joker. But he does have his little nuance and flair to it. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, and just Troy Baker as a voice actor and an actor in general, he's amazing. So Yeah. So here's the synopsis for the original Batman, the long Halloween comic book series from Jeff Loeb, an artist himself, taking place during Batman's early days of crime fighting. This collection tells the story of a mysterious killer whose murders his prey uh, on holidays. Working with uh, distinct attorney Harvey Dent and Lieutenant James Gordon, Batman races against the calendar as he tries to discover who Holiday is before he claims his next victim each month. As a mystery that has the readers continually guessing the identity of the killer, this story also ties into the events of, that transform Harvey Dent into Batman's deadly enemy, Two-Face. So we're going to be getting... Two-Face, we're going to be getting a nice Batman story here to where this is a still from the animated s synopsis and everything. Very mysterious. You have your nice Batman there, and Jensen Eccles has a nice Batman silhouette there. Um, I think that this has a... Oh, shit, it's us. Cat dropped out. Now it's us on us. God, that's a... Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's even that's even worse. Hang on, How do we make I got that it. Go away. Hang on, I got that. Uh, Just kill our video. There oh, we go. Good. There we go. Hang on. She's, She's back. back. We can. Sorry, I had to sneeze. <laughs> oh, it popped over to us, and we we're like, "Oh my it god!" Was ugly. There was this horrible. <laughs> there were the these horrible, the ugly ogres. We were scared. <laughs> It, it turned uh, out to be us. Um, I didn't know that precious. that was going to happen, but I had to sneeze. <laughs> well, next time, you just look like a weirdo sneezing on camera. <laughs> just mute yourself. Sorry, yes, sir. <laughs> um, so, Batman, remember snarf, him? Snarf. He has this long Halloween comic uh, adaptation coming in animated series. DC very classically nails their animated series and oh hands down i think that this is going to be another mm -hmm. classic i bought the batman long halloween comic and the compendium and it's a great read and i think just from reading that i would love to have that in and of itself as a batman movie especially since dc is trying to go to these different batman and you know dc properties that will be good stories in this new run of animated series. So they're trying to capture these good stories. Batman in his early days trying to figure out this, you know, yearly killing. That's a great story. And it's going to be nothing but point, good stuff. It's a great story. And that's all that we're asking you from for DC. For you to take those great stories you already have and give them to us without fucking them up. Yeah. That's a lot to ask. No, it's not. They have the story. <laughs> <laughs> She's not taking that shit. You, you mean to tell me that they have what they call a that, template? 
Yeah. It's a template. A week if you follow it's... this, you follow this procedure yeah. called this template that's already written and yeah, it will but, do yeah. well. But, but, but no, I don't want to follow that. No, I just, I get... want to throw it out the window because I got fuck you money. But then yeah. you get actors and they're all. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's another. I want to have rewrites. Good cast so far. I mean, this is from the list of people that I recognized. Yeah. They also good to yeah. me. Anybody who does this, does these shows uh, as voice of voiceover artists should just talk to Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy and just listen to them because they do exactly what Kat is saying and just give what is written. I am listening to you, Jedi Master. Right, it's right there. You have, and it's have all about the delivery. Just because you don't like the line doesn't mean you get to fucking change the line or the scene or the arc. Yeah. And you have perform. Jensen Ackles, who is a DC fan, a DC super yeah. fan, I even say. So I know that he's going to go into this and give it the, the oh, gravity. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think he could do a good Batman. I think so, too. I think he's got a great voice for it. I yeah. just was so I, I just had him in my mind as Red Hood for so long. Having to do this like yes. change up is a little bit jarring. But I'm here for it. Another thing I'm here for. Rivera has a great voice for Catwoman too. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, young lady. But go ahead, go yes, ahead to your but... segways. <laughs> another, <laughs> another thing I'm here for is this next story because Star Wars: The Bad Batch's new trailer brings action, conflict, and a May the Fourth be with you release date. I love that so much. Did you see the energy bow? Oh my god, I love the energy bow. In my gold. Shouldn't shouldn't this one be released on Revenge of the Fifth? No. No. Fuck you. <laughs> You're an evil Sith com- uh Sith. No. Uh, no you not. not separate. You're a separatist loyalist and you deserve to be destroyed. Uh, that, that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. But it's the bad batch. Yes. But so, they're bad. They're so bad they're good. They're bad. They know it. Really, really bad. If no. you say Shimon, no Michael Jackson. <laughs> Shimon. <laughs> that was that was more Weird Al than it was Michael Jackson. But I am actually here for that. So go yeah, on. There we go. So yeah. this new Comment. ongoing series on, right? is created by Dave Filoni, who pretty much has his hand <laughs> in all the greatest <laughs> Star Wars shows. Including the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars. The first episode of the season kicks off on Disney Plus on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, with a lengthy 70-minute premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a friend of mine just finished season five today. Giggity. Of Clone Wars. There you go. Um, I loved Clone Wars all the way through. I'm jealous that he's getting to see this for the first time. Yes. That's one of those shows that you're really jealous when somebody complete they're going through there and they're just all in and you're just like, oh, I, w- I remember that. I wish it was you. Yeah, I remember the feeling of I don't know if you're on spoilers, but like the end of season five has a death of oh, one of the yes. clone troopers. Yes. And it's very. So this is what he just experienced. hits you in the feels. Like, <sighs> yeah. But the I'm fact so that, ready for more of this story. That's why I'm so excited for the bad. The bad. fact that he he experienced that the way you just experienced that brings yeah. you back to that moment too. Oh, oh yeah, it so brings good. it right back. It's there. so good. 
And that's what I'm expecting from this season, uh, from this new series, is because the Bad Batch came in that last rung of season seven, and it was one or it was like two episodes they had, but they stole Star Wars hands. They sure enough, they stole the show. They stole our hearts. They they stole everything, and they were like, "You give me a series now!" And they're like, "We're already working on it." Like, good. (laughs) (laughs) and that's what happened there to where i'm like oh good may the fourth Ooh, to where disney and marvel they have this steady crack drip of content that's coming every friday like it's tgif Mm -hmm. they're trying to bring back tgif and i am completely letting them put that needle in my vein gotta come up with a new name yeah yeah um... thank god it's disney no Thank um, Disney, it's Friday. God, fucking cat with another one. Hey, yeah. Damn. And that's the name. Thank the Disney. Name. That's uh, why you got to uh, hire us, Disney, all right? Thank Disney, it's Friday. Quick, someone copyright that. Kelly, make a shirt, quick. Um, <laughs> right now. <laughs> we'll get him on it. Just put the prototype on pjandwh.com. This way, no one else can see it. Yeah. But in this trailer, we see tech, crosshair, wrecker, Echo, and, of course, all of the Bad Batch right in here. And uh, D. Bradley Baker is a phenomenal voice actor, and he gives them all his their own inflection personality yeah, in his really inflection. Does. Well, what, what can you say about the voice actor that took over uh, as um, uh, General Iroh in Avatar when Mako passed away? He was the voice actor that, that, that subbed in. Sounded the same. Sounded the same. But this is the original guy who played Django Fett mm-hmm. and Boba Fett in the recent Mandalorian series. He is all in on this lore, which that's job security, if anything. Yeah. Right. You know, you have 50 billion different opportunities to use your voice. And yet he finds a a different way for all of them. Yeah. It's just it's he like if I came on this podcast every it. single week and I used a slightly different inflection and yeah. personality and every time I did it. Different inflection every like it's that's amazing. You're not doing 30 different accents. You're doing one accent with a yeah. different personality in each it's just it's yeah, masterful, masterful. And that's so, what I really have the hope for. Great us. word, he's, great word. For he's it. one he person in South Philly. Born and raised <laughs> on the playground, he spent most of his days. That's all we can get without copyrights. But follow. But it's uh, not copyright because that's West Philly. Following the premiere, <laughs> new episodes will air Friday. That includes May the 7th. So the first week of this show, we're getting a double dose of the Bad Batch. We're getting a double dose of. The B. The double B. It's going to leave us with, like, hives afterwards, like. <laughs> Maybe a rash. Got any more? Got any more of that bad batch? <laughs> got to put something on it. Some kind of ointment. <laughs> <laughs> but this, like I was, like nah, I was nah, saying, nah, man, nah, nah. Disney is quickly trying to just drip all that content right into your veins every Friday to where right now that's an easy an hour and a half you're going to have to dove out of your Friday just to watch that Star Wars and Marvel content 
Thank God oh. I wake up at 4 a.m. Because I'm we also for it. Thank you. We also have this next story to look forward to as well, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi series. The cast is revealed, and it begins production next month in April. I'll be Obi-Wan Kenobi cast. You're my only hope. The story begins <laughs> 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Kenobi faces his greatest defeat. The downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. He was the chosen it's a, one. It's only about, like, what, like a 40, 50 years? Wasn't he alert? supposed to destroy the Sith? You've had your chance to find that out. He was supposed to bring balance to the Force. But he couldn't find the high ground. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is directed by Deborah Chow, director of two critically acclaimed episodes of The Mandalorian Season 1. The series also marks the return of Hayden Christensen in the role of Darth Vader. So we're getting Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. I I feel that when he was originally cast and the delivery that he delivered for those two movies was okay, except for, like, when you saw his descent, he actually really delivered what it was. Oh, man. Especially going back and re-watching episode three. And you see how he's just slowly descending into madness. And it's yeah. it's really fucking heartbreaking and really good storytelling on the tales of George <laughs> Lucas. Because you, you really pull. You know where he's going because you've seen the original trilogy and you really hope like, no, Anakin, you're such a good guy. That's what's really the best part of the prequel series is that they humanized Darth Vader and they showed you who he was. And I also think having watched the Clone Wars and then going back and watching the prequel. It gives you a better appreciation. More heartbreaking. Yes. But, you feel it more. But because also, you know all the struggle and the the bloodshed and the brotherhood right. that he's shared with all of these Jedi. And that's what really ties Order 66 is it, it I think you you really can't appreciate the Star Wars series without watching Clone Wars. And and the fact that it has you know the love for him in that role has grown yeah. after yeah. the movies have have kind of aged, and they aged gracefully because you can yes. still go back and watch them. But Hayden Christian, amazing, oh, yeah, Hayden Christensen as an actor was also typecast after that, and he was having difficulty finding work. And I've always been a fan of his his work because him in Life as a House. If you ever never seen that movie, because this was like kind of like sort of pre pre Star Wars or like yeah. right in the middle of that. Um, I wholeheartedly tell you to watch that movie. You will end up in tears at the end of the movie, but it's it's worth it. Just <laughs> it's seeing, not hard for me. It's it's worth it just seeing his progression as an actor. So I've always been a fan of his work, and it was unfortunate that he got typecasted because I think he was an awesome actor. It's just dude, that- I tear up if a Marvel character has a, a the same com uh, you know outfit as their comic. All right, I will tear up at that, no doubt. <laughs> I can tear up at the end credit scene. He's of, wearing like, the, the, Avengers. Team, the green jock strap. I can't believe it. Like, I, I think that for, for Hayden Christensen, this has been quite a journey from when the prequels came out to now with people, more people, I should say, appreciating what he did um, back then. And it just goes to show you that 
not just Star Wars fans, but fans in general that have this like knee jerk reaction to hate everything. Yeah. Um, and be upset about everything. And if you really take yourself out of it and go back and watch them again, especially after having watched the Clone Wars, you can't be mad at him for what he did because no. he really did deliver. And it's almost as if he had uh, yes. known about the Clone Wars and worked it in because it's also yeah. seamlessly done. Yeah. And the uh, nice it thing was that, a pleasure to, to watch again. Yeah, really the, the thing that gets me about just the, the whole culture of like, like I'm going to instantly hate it. This is like, if you have something better to, to show or to, first of all, write it and then produce it and get it into a film. If you can't do that, right. shut up and watch the content that's being provided for you. Well, yeah. and you also need to go and watch it. This is not Katarina's version of Star Wars. I didn't make this movie. so I, I can't would go watch in there. that. I I would definitely watch it. I would definitely watch that version of Star Wars, though. I'm not gonna lie. This person's version, vision of what they wanted to see. You, sir, a thick boy Jedi Knight. (laughs) We would have so many thick boys. (laughs) How are you, Master Badunkadunk? I'm going to battle that that thick. uh, what was it? That thick rack knock. Or... <laughs> Rancor. Uh, you do not understand the power of the roundness. The thick, boy <laughs> thick boy Rancor. We might have a title for the podcast. Yes. But, and we um, do take Republican credits. <laughs> um, Rupert Friend, he was a badass in Homeland. If you've seen okay. his arc in Homeland, it was on Showtime. You don't have it. I highly recommend watching through the series because his character arc was just went like went, went from the stoic individual to someone who you humanized with because you understood the reason why, and then you saw him like fight a disability and get wholly fucked up in the film. Yes, I mean, in the show, but his last name sounds like something they would give you in Witsec. Rupert Friend. Don't go I'm there. I'm sorry. Excuse me? Don't go there. Was Huggy Bear not available? I'm sure you would say that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you have a choice really in what your um, surname is. protection name would be. Because I kind of think that that's what happened with Quicksilver in WandaVision. My name is Rupert Enemy. He totally gave himself Boner. Boner. <laughs> yeah, he did. He totally did that. <laughs> One thing, and you brought us there. That will. All- <laughs> yeah. One. Said, actually, you started me with the thick boys, and then it just kind of went from there. You started with the boner, but <laughs> one thing that might also give you a boner is this next story, because James Gunn, not Kevin Gunn, <laughs> has dropped the Suicide Squad trailer full of bloody mayhem and a giant rampaging starfish. What's with the guy with the pot on his head? That is... Well, I'm surprised you can actually see that guy because his name <laughs> is John, John Cena. Cena. I don't even see is, but what's, 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 All I see is Idris Elba. His name is Peacemaker, and James Gunn and Warner, the Warner Brothers debuted the first R-rated trailer for The Suicide Squad on Friday. It's clever, foul-mouthed supervillain spectacular that doesn't skimp on all manner of bad behavior. 
The main story is still out of reach, but the trailer opens with the mission to rescue Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn that proves unnecessary as Harley Quinn has already gotten herself out of whatever scrap she is in. And talk about an amazing segue. Um, you know, John Cena's character was just talking about dicks this whole trailer. <laughs> yeah. If there was an entire beach full of dicks and I had to suck them just for freedom, I would. What kind of person would put penises on the beach? Like, this movie is going to be spectacular. It's going to be, you know, you have Michael Rourke right there. You have, you know, Captain Boomerang picking shit off his shoe. Those little details are just what's going to make this entire movie. Because one really surprising role that people didn't actually expect to happen. Sylvester Stallone is As King Shark. King Shark. Are you kidding me? This scene right here to where she's saying, Amanda Waller's like, are there any questions? And she's like, and then King Shark, hand. Yes, this is your hand. Like, that kind of role. Sylvester was Stallone, masterful. masterful. Yes, it was. Absolutely, because... You, all you need to do is just, Sylvester, come on in for an afternoon. We'll film all, we'll re- record all your audio drops. We had a rubber ball in place for filming. We're good, you know? And you have this And how appropriate pistol. of a Gallifreyan as the thinker. Oh, my God. The scene with the thinker to where they're like, and then car, they're like listing off all the things that he does. If he does, they will kill him. And Harley Quinn's like, and if you have a personalized license plate, we will kill you. <laughs> and Rick Flagg's like, Harley, no, no, that's not a thing. I can't wait for this fucking movie. It's going to be such a masterful, like, you know, uh, depiction of chaos. Only one thing would make it better. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that answer. If all of them were thick boys. <laughs> thick boys and squeaky wheels. Um, Ooh, the, pot, but, pile of the podcast. I can't even damn. form words right now. Okay, go ahead. It's okay. That still sounds great. The title yeah. for the podcast, Thick Boys and Squeaky Wheels. But Rancors um, included. There is an increasing number of people who are looking towards the air cut for being released. And even uh, Ayer himself is hoping that it will be released because it was also saying that his version of the Suicide Squad scared executives. And that's why they went more comedy. Um, I got one more thing to say about that. Good. It should scare you. It's meant to scare you. You should be scared. Very, very scary. His helmet looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. How are you? Look at this how are you going to say that when Galactus? It might be accurate to comics books. The thing looks stupid. He is a douchey Captain America, so it's his version of a of a fedora. It's shiny. Okay, so it's supposed to look like that. Shiny fedora. And something else that's also shiny, shiny is this next story. George R.R. R. Martin signs a five-year deal with HBO uh, with six, count them, six Game of Thrones series. 
Oh, no. so he finally gained enough money to finish you, the one book that he has to do. You have books <laughs> to finish first, you biatch. Do not do this. But so wait. Your book. There's more. Um, the mastermind behind the Game of Thrones series, George R. R. Martin, has signed a five-year deal with HBO based on Martin's a fire a, a Song of Fire and Ice series of fantasy. Uh, excuse me, fantasy unfinished novels. Unfinished series. Yeah, unfinished, unfinished and completely Un- finished the book now, bitch. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for real, for real. Please. Before the guy you have that does the audio version, before that guy dies, can we? Can we finish I'm the fucking book? I'm looking at the picture of George right now. It looks like he needs to put down the burger and finish the book. Pick up the pen. Hey, 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 no fat shaming. Yeah, no, we don't but fat put or king shame. put down the burger shame. and finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, put it you down. You can eat the burger later. I'm not telling you yes. not to eat the burger, but fucking finish Look, the book. if he's a one-handed typer, then maybe you can still keep the burger in your in your hand and type with the other one. Whatever. Blend it into a milkshake if it makes it easier. <laughs> My queen. I pledge <laughs> my fealty. <laughs> so the Game of Thrones is HBO's biggest and most acclaimed series to date. Martin has been written I'm done. writing fiction of various genres since the 70s. And though a war-torn continent of Westeros is his most, most well-known of his birth uh, brain children, it is far from the only one. An embodiment of the sentiment that uh, your big break can come at any age, 72-year-old Martin has his fingers in giggity many of the pies. You know, 72-year-old, he didn't really get his big break until he was 40. He just needs to focus on one pie. That's finishing the book. He likes many pies, as we can see from his picture. He can enjoy all the pies that he wants. Will we stop with the fat shaming, please? <laughs> Sorry, that's a good you know point. Let the corpulent right fellow. No. You know what? I really do it's kind of want It's not fat pie. shaming unless the, unless the person, the recipient. I could go for a good cherry pie. Yeah, cherry pie would be good. You know what? Yes. Fuck that, man. Rhubarb. Fat shaming. Yeah. Oh, man. I could go for a good rhubarb or a pumpkin pie right now. Anyway. The Hollywood Reporter, uh, as per them, Martin has signed to a, a deal to develop programming for HBO and HBO Max. The contract will last for five years, and it comes at a price tag of mid-eight figures. Sizzling caramel apple. So he can hire someone else to finish top. his book. He can hire whoever he wants to make pies and then hire another person to feed him said pies while he writes. Like, I'm sure he's got like a rough outline of where he wants the books to go. Can you oh, give yeah. it to a ghostwriter? Please, I'm begging you. Just finish the series, please. Hurry the fuck up! That's it. Please. That's all we want. He doesn't even have to type anymore. He could just sit there, voice the text. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> There's some responsibility for the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones. They had nowhere to go. Yeah. So Martin has projects uh, in the works elsewhere. Wild Cards is currently in development at Peacock, and it is the adaptation from a series of anthologies by Martin and other collaborators. Paul W.S. Anderson uh, will direct Mila Jehovich's and David Batista in this feature adaptation of Martin's short stories in The Lost Lands. Martin's in immersive entertainment company, 
Meow Wolf has two uh, attractions set up in Santa Fe and Las Vegas with a third on its way to Denver. So he has a lot of different kind of things going on with the things that he has wrote, not just this deal with HBO. But there are currently six shows set up in the same universe of the Game of Thrones at that network. Furthest along is the House of Dragons, which chronicles the conquest of Westeros by the House of Targaryen and serves as the prequel to the original series. Tales of Dunk and Egg, based on the books of the same name, is a prequel that follows Sir Duncan the Tall and his squire, Aegon Targaryen, who's, I mean, that's like one of 70,000. There's there's a a few of them. Aegon the Thick. There was a few of them. Yeah, and uh, whose egg-shaped head will one day bear the crown. Yes, my queen. (laughs) 10,000 ships features a warrior queen, Nymera, who founds the kingdom of Dorne. Nine nine voyages stars uh, Arbacarius Seaman, Lord Cornelius Varion, uh, and Fleabottom explores the life in King's Landing slum of the same name. Still shrouded in mystery is the animated series that will match the tone of Game of Thrones. Come here. Now, the Fleabottom is like the I lower deck. Sir John of, of Game of Thick. Thrones. <laughs> John of Bean Thick. <laughs> I'm really interested in the animated series of Game Me of Thrones. Too. Because yeah. especially, especially if they do that in Castlevania style. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that. Oh, that is an amazing series in the in the works right there. I'm I'm all about having multiple irons in the fire. Yeah. But just How would you feel book. if they did it in Old Valerian? Oh, I want that. Before the fall, before the downfall. Yeah. That is the series yeah. that I want. And if you get that in animated series, you can literally walk into my house as I'm sleeping, pick up my wallet and say, hey, I'm taking this money. And I'll say, and then who are you what? from? H- oh, George R. R. Martin. Oh, okay. Nice to meet you, Tony. Have a nice day. I'll let you walk out with it. I don't care. Take my money. I want that series of so, Valerian so, and as an animated series. Here's the benefit of it if he did this right. So finish the book and finish it in a way where all the other stories will kind of go into that. Does he have to finish it? it? But make the payoff of that final book more rewarding. And then he can actually build a playlist in HBO Max where it's chronological order. What if he just puts out what he has so far? Like, does he have to finish the book? Maybe he just put it out, right? Like, this is what I got so far. And live with that. I'll finish it later. No. No. No, you want to finish the the book. Okay. So we want to finish the book. He started the series in the 90s. He well, needs to finish the book. Like, he's I can't argue with five that. Year he's getting period. to it. He's, he's getting to it, man. It's, 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 like... it's in his to-do list. You know? He needs to move it up. It needs to be number one. Make peanut butter and schnozberry sandwiches. That's number that one. That can be number two. That if can be number two. Number one is finish the, the book. It's one and a half. But schnozberries. Next to Dick's care. boys. Schnozberries. No. If you were looking for the Game of Thrones, where could you find it? You can find it right over at our next story, which, of course, is our ad segment for the Game of DVD Exchange over at 23 <laughs> State Street. 
Of course. You walk right, you walk right in the door. And Mark will say, Broski. A lot. He will also let you know that Katarina is banned from my store. And newly banned is me. Me and Kat are going to be standing outside that store eating shawarma. That she purchased, not made, I want to add, purchased. Unashamedly, I am stimulating the local economy. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I sense sense a segue segment that we can get at Iron Hill Brewery right across the street. (laughs) If they sell shawarma, we're in. We'll make it happen. And you will find everything over there on the $5 wall, everything from Blu-ray to everything classic and retro gaming. He will have everything that is also new gaming as well. And go in there and ask him for a PS5, and he'll say, Broski, no way. But he will have lots of hugs. (laughs) Can't in a pandemic. No. (laughs) But he will also spout off that, Kelly and I are twins. But there's no genealogical proof of that. So you have to watch them. But you'll also watch the deals that come in through the door. So we will hop on over here to our next story, which, of course, is the George R.R. R. Martin sandwich of this, ser- of this show. Because George R.R. R. Martin signs on for six, count them, six Elden Ring games. Mind you, the first Elden Ring game has not even been released yet. This so, is the first I'm hearing of this Elden Ring, whatever. We've reported it in prior podcasts. You may want to take a listen as to what you've actually so commented. I have, and I have a quick question about this game. Is I'm this- reminding Big Brother of the, sh- of the game that he's already heard about. So, just to be clear, he's writing... Yes, he is writing them. So he is still fully capable of writing things. Yeah. <laughs> like his book. He could be writing a book. I just, I just want to be clear. On in in uh, essence. <laughs> oh, that broke me there. Look, yeah, you just no. don't like the shitty ending. Get off your ass. In give the... us a better ending. And you know what? <laughs> I'm just saying. I think I like that mic on Big Brother. I do too, man. That's really good. That's good on Big Brother. I like that mic. I've been thinking that this whole time. But in the essence of the rock, <sighs> what what's the name of this game? Elden. It Ring. doesn't matter. He needs to finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> Title of So El- uh, gamers have yet uh, to see. On to the s- next story. A single second of Elden Ring gameplay, but from from software seems to think that it, a winner, that it has a winner on its hands, uh, in like a Dark Souls, Bloodborne kind of uh, developed game. I have an opinion about oh, this. Oh yeah, game. I remember now. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's called finish the book. Finish the fucking book, please. Finish the fucking book. Game Rant spoke to an inside source. No, we're ranting right now. Finish the book. Sequel: A golden-haired man who claims to both drink and know things. Uh, They uh, that is their source. Hang on, let me rewind this back for those of you that didn't just hear the sentence that I said. Finish the book. (laughs) Game Rant spoke to an inside source. Uh huh. Inside. 
inside source about Elden Ring sequels. A uh-huh. golden-haired man claims to have both drunk and no things. That's the man you trust for your sources? A golden-haired man? A golden-haired I, man I who claims same, to drink and know things. I saw that That's same the guy man. you trust? I saw that same man. He said, um, oh, yeah, finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> so they claim that From Software already has the significant plans for Elden Rings 2 based on the internal feedback from the studio. Chief among the additions planned for Elden Rings 2 is an easy mode whereby players have an infinite HP and can never be defeated by an enemy. As well, this mode, which is called Get Good Mode in the game... I thought it was going to be Dark Mode that would just show Episode 3 and Season 8. ...will allow players to take out any boss with a single press of a button. I think... No. You're taking no, 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 no. Because look, this is what they thought. Everybody's complaining about how hard Dark Souls is. Why don't we make it easier? I think you went a little no. bit too far don't on do that. on that meter. Uh, you know, like, uh, 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 like no, that's no, you don't push a button and everybody dies. All right, that's not. I'm going to throw this at you. Like, no, that's not a game. You don't just push a button and, oh, it's called I win. That's that's not the fucking point of it. I do appreciate how you're trying to think outside the box. Do they have a no. partnership? Don't think outside do they the box. have a partnership think... with Staples? Maybe. Uh, like, that easy was button. easy. <laughs> I need an easy button. Um, but no, that's essentially what they're trying to do is make an easy button for the game. But I just I don't see that as a, a a possibility for making that a better game by just giving oh you could beat this boss just by pushing X. That's stupid. I think he needs to focus on finishing the book. I agree. And on that note, somebody else is going to be finishing something in this next story, but Giggity. it's not a book. <laughs> <laughs> It's you beat me to it. <laughs> Outriders. <sighs> if you're a hacker and you are trying to go into the out new Outriders game that was released today, you will be punished with watermarked HUDs and slower matchmaking. Guess what? It's free for Game Pass. The developer recently posted a lengthy Steam blog shared by Game Sutra. The discussing the latest updates to hit the game ahead of its April 1st launch, in addition to detailing the changes coming fr- to the launch version and post su- uh, post-launch support, People Can Fly explains exactly what it means to cheat in Outriders and how they plan to lay down the law. Per the blog post, cheating is identified as internally running the game on PC without easy anti-cheat, Modifying game files to enhance the a character, levels, skills, inventory, etc. Uh, externally modifying the game time to reduce time-dependent features such as vendors and challenges. Uh, using trainer program or similar to gain advantages within the game. Using gameplay-altering programs such as aimbots or wall hacks. 
which is pretty much cheating in any f- game form or fashion, and you should have already known what that definition If you is. cheat in a competitive game, you are a douche. A piece of shit. Yeah, Royal. Flat out. Royal flat out piece of shit. Because people have careers on competitive You know, games. you have like you CSGO. Be cheating. CSGO. They have people watching and moderating matches just to combat these cheaters and hackers. If you can't get good, get off the game. At least in competitive play. Not let's cheat just to make it fun again. No, that's not how it you works. You will be found eventually. But what's the punishment for breaking these Who's rules? The last to start, people can fly. Stay says offend, uh, offending players can no longer matchmake with legitimate players. They can still play solo. However, that means if you hack, matchmaking will take much longer for you. If you wish to play cooperatively, these creme de la creme of these measures, however, is that hackers will also have their HUDs labeled with what the studio describes as a discreet but visible watermark so that any gameplay footage from that account will be quickly flagged so they add a scarlet letter onto your oh i like which is great because like now you can't hide your cheats that's what i really loved about this story is that they're going out of their way to say if you cheat in my game other people will know you're a piece of shit Okay, good to know. It's flat I'm, out. I'm a great, a great Square, philosophy. Great idea. And this is this is Square Enix is the developer, right? Uh no, people can fly. People can fly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am um, glad Fortnite. I'm glad that they actually did they learned their lesson with Fortnite. Because people could fly. They have you know, you have Cliff uh Blazinski in that. Of formerly Gears, and he's in there in this... Storm Gears. You know, Fortnite is very big into that multi, uh, you know, platform, and streamers are very crazy about that game, so they're very familiar with the audience, so they're going to be more aware of what they need to do with this game and how they need to keep people off of cheating. I understand, like, I understand, like, hacking a game that you, you... Legitimately owned for local play only. I understand that because you own the game. You're not you're not infringing on anybody else's on, on anybody else's gameplay. But the moment that you go online with those cheats, you are legitimately a douchebag. That's true. Uh, People Can Fly says it plans to check every account for evidence of cheating before launch day, and that it regular uh, then. At regular intervals going forward, accounts that fail to check will be per, uh, permanently flagged. However, the team adds that if you cheated for fun during the demo and wish to play the full experience legitimately, you'll have to delete all of your characters and items from your entire account so that nothing fraudulent carries over. This rule also seems to uh, only apply to Outriders on PC. It's unclear if hacking has been a thing on consoles. Well, for for PC, um, PC and Xbox will carry over, um, not not in a cross-save um, capability, but the architecture for like the game is the yeah. game. So yeah. I can see cheating happening on the Xbox version. I'm not so much sure on the PC, uh, the PC, uh, PS4 PlayStation version. Or, yeah, I'm not sure um, yeah. how that would work, but I... You know, PlayStation just seems more like Apple to where it's more secure because it's not, it's a different set from Microsoft. Not necessarily because I get so I see cheaters on all games, so like on Call oh, yeah. of Duty on you know, on any system. 
Fortnite on any system. So it it depends on the how the architecture is built for that. Game. That almost be an, a really interesting study as to what platforms cheat the most. Because I would suspect that PC players are at the top of the cheating platform. Yes, but when you get and to then maybe Microsoft play, after that. When you get to pet competitive play, they you know if you're ever competing in a tournament, they actually you know look at your rig and your specs and everything, and they ha- they have a baseline of what is allowed. Um, and if you go past that standard, then then you you don't get the win. That's the you know, that, that's yeah. the baseline. So no, it makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, I just found it interesting that this new game coming out, Outriders, which I did play a little bit of the demo, is very addicting and it has a really good premise, a lot of really great RPG uh, elements in there. So I really do want to see it, uh, you know, succeed. But I also found it really endearing that they're taking this kind of stance on cheating, so that it's fair for Hector, everyone. Hector says, "Don't forget that Sony went to Microsoft for assistance in fixing their online after the big crash." That's ago. true. That huge so, online crash. It was, was right around MK9 or 10. That was 2011. Yeah. Yes. That was right around LA Noir coming out. Yeah, because I went on, I, I grabbed Mortal Kombat, and then like the next day, the fucking network went down. I know, because I, I, really I was working down the Best Buy and Conquer Pike at that time. <clears throat> so uh, the developers shared that only 200 of 2 million players were caught hacking during this demo, which is approximately 0.01% of players. And like I said, this game is available today. And at that kind of statistical level, it's not um, it's not that you know hard to believe uh, that you'll get you know an honest gameplay out of this. It's almost like uh, I commend the developers <clears throat> taking steps to make sure that the community is is wholeheartedly pure you know not not for the person but for the game yeah. oh yeah another developer who's all about the community huh, that's this next story because elder scrolls online is coming to playstation 5 and xbox series x with the new gen enhancements and there is a trailer below showing off all of the beautiful bean footage who can we find on we will find big brother over on Wall Janger Gaming Monday through Friday, and uh, he will be streaming when he can log on to it. Elder Scrolls Online, obviously, they were a little bit wonky. Yeah, I, I think since uh, Elder Scrolls is at their max, they've never had this many people. I think yeah. the servers are sort of bursting, so you, I I can't always get on. Yeah, so you'll have to watch out for that. But in the shadow of its a big Oblivion expansion, Elder Scrolls Online makes a jump to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S this summer with the console enhanced edition. As the name implies, this update port takes advantage of the current console's power by allowing ESO to run natively on those systems, giving the game's performance and graphic, graphical fidelity a big shot in the arm. Uh, The update arrives on June 8th and comes free of charge to those who own PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions of the ESO. 
console enhancement bumps uh, the game frame rate from 30 to 60 frames per second while playing in performance mode. Fidelity mode nets you a native 4K visuals in 30, fra- uh, 30 frames per second. According to the official press release, loading times have also been cut in half. Which, if you have watched Big Brother's ESO we'll Let's Play, uh, yeah, man, that shit takes up a good bit of time with those loading screens. And especially with the graphical enhancements that we see here, like, especially elsewhere. Oh, with yeah, these, elsewhere. Oh, my God. Elsewhere, that elsewhere It's going to be beautiful. These Some of these g- landscapes. This one here is elsewhere. Yeah. And this Everybody is elsewhere. Is elsewhere knows this one. It's fantastic, the, and especially when you amount, uh, you add in these little graphical details. This is what makes people keep coming back to that game. A lot like what we were talking about with the Old Republic, when yep. you turn up the graphical com- uh, components to the game, when you get this kind of graphical enhancement free from. The developer. It, it just adds, it just adds to the care, and you know they want you to play this game and keep coming back, especially since they keep adding on daily challenges and quests and monthly rewards and different stuff like that. It's just a great uh, – it's great that this game is going to continue into the next console generation. I'm glad the inevitability of, of, of it translating to the new, the new systems is there. I mean, you can also play it on PC without any And trust. the stories yeah. are really good. ESO's drawn, uh, draw distance has also been nearly doubled across the board. You can, uh, so you can gaze even further into Tamriel's horizon. The other graphical perks include improv- uh, improved reflections and shadows, circular depth of field, and more realistic background views, as well as high-resolution textures and anti-analyzing. Uh, it also uh, sports better ambient and acoustic. Occlusion, Jesus Christ, and uh, screen space, global illumination for improved lighting. So all all that to just say it looks a lot better. So for the 10 people that have an Xbox One S series or or a PS5, you're welcome. You have that. So the console console enhancement will launch simultaneously with update 30 of ESO. News comes alongside the launch of Blackwood Prologue, a free standalone story that leads into a year-long Gates of Oblivion event. The chapter is now live as a free-to-play event that gives new players free access to ESO's base content and uh, Vanderfell Zone until April 13th. As a reminder, Elder Scrolls Online is a part of the Xbox Live uh, Xbox Game Pass library. It's unclear if those who play that version are eligible for the free console enhancement update since you don't technically purchase it. Yes, but you, since you're a Game Pass subscriber, you still get it on the Xbox. I imagine that that technicality would draw over, over, but it, it you know, you you got to look out for that. So I'm really excited for this, especially when you add graphical improvements to an already solid game. Like, MMOs like this really have that staying power to where, you know, MMO was such a dirty word like 10 years ago. And now, Heart of Warcraft. It's like everybody is just like, oh, no, I play this MMO, or no, I've played this MMO. Like, MMO is a natural word. You know? 
Like MMO is so, such a natural word to where now this is Elder just, Scrolls. I just want, I, when I played when I played at Old Republic, I just wanted to have Force Lightning. Just or like Final Fantasy, <laughs> Final Fantasy, Old Republic, uh, Elder Scrolls. These are all you know fantasy games to where you actually got good MMOs out of them. And they had a you know, and it actually took you know skill to build a community. Oh and yeah, friends. Big brother. Game. Me and Big Brother have been playing ESO for a long time, and he was already like, "Oh no, I actually looked into this, and now I have a better way to build my Templar build with the power yeah. set and everything." And there's so much more that you can learn, and that's what's yeah, great about these MMOs is that you think you have a grasp on it, and then you you meet somebody or you know hear a podcast about something that they introduce you to a whole different level into it. Yeah, there's always a learning curve with it. And then once you get past the learning curve, then you, then you actually get with people or listen to people that it built, went through the process and you've learned through their mistakes. So I did yeah. that with the uh, BDO, Much like uh, life. Black Desert Online. Black Desert Online was another MMO that I got really heavy into, met other people, and they got me deeper into that MMO. And it, it, you know, it's that kind of MMO life. It's that not really necessarily the content. Lives. It's the community that pulls you in. And, you yeah. know, I will... Absolutely. Just like, just like anything in real life is like you will go for, you know, you will do something that you ultimately may not like your life, like you're okay with doing if the people are great and you enjoy the company. And that actually is, of course, that was a good segue for our next story, because you would never expect somebody like GameStop to be selling something like GPUs. Yeah, they're just, they're the third party vendor. So GameStop has this little thing. Their GameStop has sold PC gaming hardware for a while now, including entire gaming laptops, monitors, headphones, Mises, and speakers. But in the post stonks era, it apparently wants to a piece of the Best Buy and Newegg's desktop components business as well. Most prominently, the company has started selling NVIDIA RTX 30 series graphics cards, where by selling, I mean engaging in the same sort of barely there, blinking, you're there, gone listings as other purveyors of GPUs do. Yes, so this is a smart move just from a company standpoint because you, you the let's just face it, the business has changed and it has changed for the last 10 years and it slowly migrated away from physical to digital. So you're saying I should get with the cable and get off the dial-up internet? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. But, but I love that sound. Beaver! Beaver! Don't you miss that sound? Drop, <laughs> drop, that sound. <laughs> drop your Earthlink in CompuServe, oh, and and go to DSL. Yeah. yeah, as PC Gamer reports, GameStop made its entire weekly circular ad revolve around PC gaming this week, including several GPUs, motherboards, and power supplies, and a case. Back in reality, though, GameStop sold out these GPUs a day ago, roughly the instant they first went on sale. Judging by the replies to GameStop's tweets, which is uh, below here. So while, you, while you're looking for that, so GameStop's market plan should, they need, they need physical items in order to survive. And, and their old business model was selling pre-owned games because they can sell it at a cheaper price. But now 
They need to have a new niche, which will be something physical. And the easiest way to do that is to price out mouses, keyboards, anything peripheral-wise for your console but or PC. But the problem is they have to have it in stock, which but, is what this tweet says. Is This was a typical reaction. Wanted a 3080, but JavaScript happened. The picture with a green box with the words un, uh, un, uh, undefined. Undefined. In it, and un- I, all- I wanted to say undeified, but th- it's not undeified. This is undignified. <laughs> so, un- undefined. Now you have, but the, but you're trying every- to expand into GPUs, and you don't have the fucking stock. But they're, but they're on the same playing field as Walmart, Best Buy, Tiger Direct, every as Newegg, as every company is having shortage issues. So it does not matter. If they are, if they can't hold anything in stock, because but we are GameStop. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> to bring it back to the Rock, uh, July 29th, twenty ninth, twenty. But when they went, so now that they're on an equal playing field and entering in at this time when no one has any stock, yeah, when everybody gains stock, they will come out I mean, better. But still, you're still going to Newegg. You're going to Amazon. You're going to these places for your GPUs and your CPU uh, and needs. And when they run out. You're not out, thinking of GameStop. And when they run out, they will be there. If they get the supply. That's the whole thing. Which the thing will. is about supply, and nobody's thinking about supply when it comes to GameStop. Which they will. Eventually, with a little Reddit support. That's where, that's where GameStop really... You know, that's where they surge. They have Reddit behind them. The squeeze is over. <laughs> so GameStop tweet aside, it's uh, as best as I could tell, the entirety of GameStop's PC components selections no consist of approximately two motherboards right now. But we'll have to see how that increases in the future. Which brings us to, of course, our last story, which is... Of course is a man, not from Florida, but from Japan, was arrested after a literal Pokemon card heist. Where is he from? What what, what, what part of Japan? Uh, Ikebura. Ikebura man. Ikebura man. <laughs> so due to the surge in popularity of Pokemon cards have begun to play uh, fly off both store shelves and online inventories within minutes of restocks, as many have taken the opportunity to scalp the cards and resell at much higher prices. I sense a GTA 5, like, little homage to the Pokemon card heist. That would be awesome. It would have to be in GTA 6. That's an excellent. Although, yeah, but you know, you update, got LeBron James and everybody going. They update on GTA, GTA online. Still. They update GTA online all the time, so it doesn't matter. Eh, and that will transition over to six. It has become clear that people will go to great lengths to pay high prices to obtain trading cards, but now one man incarceration. I choose you. <laughs> one man has conducted <laughs> a literal heist in an attempt to get his hands on some Pokemon cards. That was a good one. Yeah. Reportedly on March 
23rd at 5 a.m. New skill, iron bracelets. <laughs> a 28-year-old <laughs> Japanese man broke into a trading card store located in Tokyo's Higashi Ikeboguro district by using a rope to descend from a rooftop six stories high down onto the top floor of the card store. Making out with 1 million yen, around 9,100 U.S. dollars worth of both Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Additionally, the Tokyo resident also managed to nab uh, 260,000 yen, uh, approximately 2,370 U.S. dollars, in the cash from uh, the in-store office. Now identified as Kensuke Nakashi. Kensuki, there you go. Kensuki Nakishi, uh, the man that was arrested by uh, Metropolitan De- Police Nakanishi. Department on suspicion of theft and trespassing, is announced this morning. Nakanishi ad- admitted to the crime, saying that he did it to pay off a debt. Police reported that Nakanishi fastened the rope uh, to the railing on the top of the building and climbed down only 16 feet to break into the store through a window after uh, after using a tool to open it. Police reported that Nakanishi was not wearing a lifeline when performing the break-in. As Nakanishi said, I was in rock climbing club in high school. I was not afraid of heights. Um, so you mean to tell me that he used Lear as a ability and the police use a baton. That was the skill. Yeah. Uh, Nakanishi used break. <laughs> Prior to his arrest, security cameras caught footage of Nakanishi breaking into the trading card store and was subsequently identified as the possible suspect. Just last month, Japanese man was arrested for illegally... Nakanishi used fetal position. Illegally... <laughs> Uh, producing and selling hacked Pokemon in Pokemon Sword and Shield games to individuals at incredibly high prices. Police use stop resisting. So, I mean, the guy went all, you know, diehard on his, you know, Ocean's Eleven heist for Pokemon cards. You gotta, you gotta give him an, an A for effort, you know? Yeah, an, an A for... Asshole? <laughs> That that was not a yippee i ki moment. No, it was not. Wouldn't that be great if he said yippee i ki as he's slinging down all the way down to the fucking first story? Like, yippee ki ki And the cops are just sitting there with the door open. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. I mean, to steal Pokemon cards. That's that's like on the equivalent of like Wile E. Coyote. Hey, what are you doing with these carabiners and rope? Nothing. Get him, Pikachu! <laughs> he throws a Pokemon. Use Electro Bolt! He throws a Pokemon card at the guy. The guy's like, fuck? Did you po- just throw a card at me? Police skill uses taser. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pokemon cards aside, I think we have a really great end segment in store for us, which, of course, is inspired Hi, by our guest, which, of course, was Tony Brown. Of Drown the Clown. Very awesome having him on. And uh, my end segment here is, kids, what if? What if you could have one TV series brought back for one more season? Which one and why, kids? 
So, old man, obviously, I already know what you're going to say, Firefly. I actually wasn't going to say that because everybody else said it. I mean, because well, they, they got, what was it, Serenity? They got Serenity as a movie, yes. So, they already kind of got that. So, I was kind of trying to steer away from things like that because there were other things, other, like, anime. No, I got, got, I got one, one season you. and got a movie that I was trying to steer away from. I got one for you. Yeah. Sliders. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. If we can get Jerry O'Connor's sliders. Yeah, man. Oh, that was such what? a good fucking. With John Rice Davis. Yeah, yes. Man. Yeah, that was such him. a good series, man. That one, yes. Sliders, I would absolutely but love. But I also put I also put in there Millennium because that was a good one, too. I don't remember what Lance Hendrickson. What was, was the premise? Um, Doomsday, Apocalypse kind of thing. Okay, like the one thing like, that like one, a biblical thing. Yeah. One show that Jer- uh, that uh, Mark Gervais shared out in the chat was Jericho. Jericho is absolutely one of those oh, yeah. seasons. But that Jericho did come back because of the fan service. Yeah, I love. I would love a, another that season was, of Jericho because that it was did one, get another season. That was from the, the original shows. but that's when it dropped off to where they they dropped the shoe and they were like, no. This is what we're doing, and you're um, like, "Fuck, I want more!" And you're like, "No, there was you're a not show. There was a show with Michael Chiklis on ABC. It was under the No dome. Ordinary Family. No, no, that one too, but oh, under the, the dome. Family one. My superhero family or my No Ordinary yeah. Family. Yeah, but he was also in uh, Under the Dome, where where yes. like all of a sudden, boom, like a dome just pops out, and then you see like they had this scene with a cow was like just fell, like, just severed the cow right in half, and it was just stuck to the dome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just those ser- those kind of series that they've really stuck with you. I'm sticking with Jericho because that was such a good se- series. And uh, that guy who was, he was, uh, what was he, Morgan in or something like that in The Walking Dead, the guy with the stick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also in um, Snatch. Well. He was a, he, a great, I love I thought that you guy. said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just got that guy, a funny angle. That you're guy's just so great. Her. When you go in reverse, things come from behind you. I, lo- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And like that guy, especially in that Jericho series, that's what I'm really sticking with is Jericho. Kat, what's your series? Um, As you know, I threw out like 30 in there. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my my very first pick, which was almost human. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you want do you want the the redone of the British one or the US one or both? Honestly, I take either one. Um, you had Carl Urban. Does it get better than that? In the, in the <sighs> British one, I don't remember who that was. He was the, the main guy in the boys. The boys. Okay. But in in the US, the guy one, with the beard. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. In the U.S. one is also Starkiller and um, Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I'd agree with that one. And your final pick was? Uh, Millennium or, oh, man, what was the other one? Jesus Christ. Um, but there Alphas. Was, oh, my God. Alphas was another one. Oh, I Sliders. Would... Sliders, Millennium. Yes. And my final one would be Lights Out. It was a boxing show on uh, FX. If, if you if you haven't heard of it, I highly recommend find it on uh, on the interwebs. It was a great series. It just didn't get renewed. Alphas is really great. 
Uh, that was Mark. Uh, Mark Bernard was on the on that writing cast from Fat Man Beyond, and I just love that it was on FX, and it was just like it had that mutants kind of vibe to it, to what okay. you know misfits with you know superhero abilities, and I I would love to have that that and the uh, the other one I mentioned, Big Brother. What do you uh, What are you going with? I threw out there a couple of. Uh... Things like uh, back in the day, Perfect Strangers. Fucking right! Show? Oh my <laughs> god! Show, come on! Fucking Perfect Strangers. Big Brother donking that out of the park like again, that, like, hitting the fucking uh, home run. Perfect I, Strangers I, and back he about said, autonomous. Because he said Perfect Strangers, I said head of the class. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that was a great one too. What about Charles in Charge? Oh, How about Charles in Charge? Nobody wants that. Nobody. Or um, Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure was that Northern. Was a really yes. Yes, yes, man. Fucking Northern Exposure. Yeah. Do you remember Wait. Do North? Joel Fleischman. Do yeah, North. Joel Fleischman. Joel Fleischman. Yeah. That was a really. I want to say uh, the the name Do North sounds familiar. It was with um, a Canadian Mountie and a Chicago detective that worked together and. It sounds like I'm about to watch it. And he's very deadly do right. It was a great show. And that's I, where I get the thank you kindly from. I, it's not a it's not a it's not a TV show, but Wagons East was John Candy's last movie, <laughs> and I would love to have that remade. I think it's actually due south, not due north. I'll get you the information. Oh, what was it? The um the uh Chris Farley's last movie with Matthew Perry. Um oh, God. what was that? Oh, um West, do West, or go West? Almost famous. Almost famous. Oh, no, no, almost fucking <laughs> famous. I want another movie of that. Is almost famous? No, I don't think. That. It, no, it was something like that. Uh, it was, it was something, something famous or some shit. It was like they were the first people to find the Pacific Ocean before Lewis and Clark, and it was uh, Wasn't Chris it Farley and Matthew that Perry. One. That I want oh, another yeah, fucking were, movie of that. They were like the. Um, Lewis and Clark kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were literally they were like flipping off Lewis and Clark as they were traveling, but and um, shit like that. You know, like, John, I love John that. Walsh said, uh, "Adventures of Briscoe County Junior." Okay, that was with um, oh jeez, you're the what name guy, not me. Oh, I'm I'm just having a, I'm drawing a blank right now. He was um, how do you draw Evil a Dead? Blank? Evil Dead. Oh um, fuck um. Boomstick guy. Yeah. Almost no. Heroes. That's Almost Heroes. That's what it was. Almost Heroes. Yes. That's what it was. I love that movie. That was great. That was great. That and Zorro with Antonio Banderas. Ronin Warriors was an anime I would not see like to have its full inception. because it didn't, it You know didn't what, though? There was an anime that I really wanted to watch uh, another season of, which was Dead Man Wonderland. Okay. It is on Netflix. It is fantastic. That first season, uh, it's a, a penitentiary, which is a role, uh, it's an amusement park, and all of the uh, people who are incarcerated there have to eat a piece of candy that tastes like shit to keep them alive that day. Oh, so fun. they all have to eat this candy one you know day after day after day. It's a really great anime, and I've. I've always wanted another one. There's a bunch of different anime that only get one season and they're absolutely amazing. And then they just fail and get forgotten. But dead man wonderland is one of those animes that I always wanted. Okay. So that 
is the bombshell we drop off with. We also want you to stop on over here to pjandwh.com where you will find all of the funniest moments from this podcast as well as other podcasts right up at the top. And we end off with the thank yous. We want to thank you to Jay Boo McNeil, Barbara Williams, Jay Masters, Sean Ennis with a good old-fashioned America. America. And, of course, Matthew Kennedy, Jake Kirby, Linda Bristow, Mark Gervais, Joel Miller, our special guest from last week's podcast, as well as Tony Brown, our special guest this podcast, and, of course, all of you loyal listeners. And, of course, we end off this podcast with a long, drawn-out goodbye. I am Matthew Beagle, the Madman. To my left is Christopher Bristow, the old man. In the producer chair is Stephen Bugerell, big brother. In the protector box, that's Katarina Thermoscara, Wonder Cat. And of course, we love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. Game on, boys and girls. Bye-bye. It's super crazy outside time. Bye-bye. I don't know, we're going to end it. Yeah. Oh, oh, moving oh, it. We're doing it live. Play on my tangers. That was a good segue. How y'all doing? There we go. Now I got the recorder started. This is uh, this is amazing, man. I'm really happy to have you on here. Uh, Very exciting. Thank you for being here. In the Zoom call with you is Katarina Thermoscara. She is... Uh, Wonder Cat, as we call her on the podcast. She's been podcasting with us for, I think, literally a year now. I think so. And uh, the highlight of her podcast, um, of course, I got my brother. He's the producer. We do a, a automotive podcast, Lug Nuts. And uh, I know you, first off, you have a Mercedes, which you and... Clarissa has a Mercedes as well. Yeah, we just got one, just one man. I have one car in it. Just. What? You can't give them all your money? I know, right? <laughs> I hate cars, man. Like, I think our next move is properties. Oh, uh, look, just get a Tesla and then you're done. That's it. <laughs> For real, Tesla, you'd be you'd be set. Yeah. So. Find that stack. Oh, could you hand me my uh, tablet there? I need my news because I did a little prep on my friend Tony Brown, which, Kat, if you aren't familiar, um, Tony and I went to the same high school, Oxford Area High School, and it was either ninth or 10th grade that we ended up having a lunch or no, it was study hall together. He's not giving you mozzarella sticks, dude. Linky, just settle down. So we had study hall together, and we it was me, Tony, and, like, three, like, really hardcore geeky people. And it was us at the table. And I remember this because as I was walking up to the lunch table, me and Tony would just crack up laughing, just bag up about something, joke about, joke around all the time. And he, of course, would be the eBay master grabbing, like, jerseys, shoes, anything he could sell to people in the high school. He was the hustler. And 
as I'm walking up to lunch. Around when I was in high school. No, definitely it wasn't. Now I'm thinking about how the internet was when I was in high school. Nope. Okay. He's yeah. No. Me. So as as I'm walking up to lunch this one day, I see this modeling table. Mm. <laughs> I just picked. I should have waited oh, until man. you sipped your tea. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and. I go to Tony. I'm like, man, they got that modeling table out there. He's like, yeah, no, I signed up for that. And I was like, hey, man, when you become a f- uh, when you become a Hollywood movie star, don't you forget me. He's like, ah, no doubt. Here he is, multiple movies, and you still haven't forgotten me, brother. Man, never, never. I don't forget anybody, man. It's funny you mentioned that because the class I just taught uh, to some kids and adults for acting was through that same agency. Uh, no way! The same people that had that table set up. And it was my first time covering a class for them. And I'm still dealing with them. So, I mean, what is it? 15, 16 years oh, later. That's awesome. That's still awesome. Yeah. Working. So that's one thing I really want to highlight on the live podcast because that's that's where it started, man. All of this. <laughs> It is. The thing, man, 15 years later, I'm able to at least, you know, make money doing that. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy story you brought up, man. That's You're the cool. face of the PA lottery now. Oh, man, because tried, of that sim- Because of that situation. Every single holiday. You're right, man. Yeah. You're one of the carolers. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, they got me that, for sure. You know, and then, oh, we're going to go through all this. We're going to go through all this, man. And it's just, it's so amazing. I'm just so happy that for you, when I see this, because I, one, I watched Drown the Clown. Oh, cool, cool, man. You got to be, be 100% honest with you, man. I, I love it. I'll tell you all the details, too, on that. <clears throat> and Amazon Prime, first off, linked it right in there, typed it in. It's, it's a, it is a definite, it's, as they call it, a thriller, action thriller. <sighs> I told Chris, and I think you'll probably agree with this. It's almost like a, like a, a nineties, like ha- not Hallmark, but like that Hallmark style, like cable channel. It's like right. the, a, that cable channel, like thriller movie. <laughs> I watch hey, nothing not. to do, nothing to do on a Saturday night, man. It's just. And you're fucking cold through the whole movie. You just what? It's clown. What? You're acting. Uh, look. All right. Some other shit happened here. Yeah, but it's a fucking doll. Glad, man. Yeah, I'm supposed to keep it neutral. And, you know, and, uh, let anything go and just yeah. It, it was that was a fun shoot for sure. Is this a movie that I'll eventually see in Lifetime? <laughs> Tony Brown is not going to be your Lyndon Ashby. No, no, no. <laughs> He's not going to be your Lyndon Ashby, sir. He's not falling down anymore. No, <laughs> he does not fall down in that entire movie. I'm glad he doesn't. <laughs> More screen time. <laughs> Although you did fuck up by letting her back in the building at the end, but I'll I'll lead that. Oh, to yeah, the plot. yeah, that was yeah, I didn't make it. That, that was a crazy part. Like, did yeah, you, I'm going. I gotta get my purse. Like, mm, all right, I guess so. Lady stuff. Did you do the cardinal sin where you give out your plan and then you actually walk away? 
<laughs> so, I mean, all the way back with Tony Brown, back in high school, and he's been doing all this amazing stuff. And on top of that, I bought a house off him with Bob. Oh, God. We call uh, we call him Bob here. <laughs> because, obviously, I live with my brother now, and that didn't work out. And that is his house now. <laughs> so, but I will say this. I don't hear. I don't hear him at all. Can you hear me? Oh, we hear you. We don't hear my brother. Unplug the USB and plug it back in. No, this is the last time. This is the the, the same problem that we had last time. What did we do last time? We used my mic. <laughs> <laughs> the mic the mic that you told me not to bring. Yeah. I did tell you to do that. Just plug that one in a USB and we'll just It's fine. Okay. Do you want me to try? If you want to. Right. We do have time for Two minutes. some technical issues. If you want to try to do that. All right. I'm putting my IT hat on. <clears throat> That's why I started this company. Well, I didn't start this. My buddy, the IT expert right here fixing the mic issue, uh, he started this company, which is Purge Hangers and Wall Hangers. And he made, an, he made a fucking word. You know, Purge Hangers. You type in Purge Hangers, it's purge just, hangers. just us. And it cat. And our other podcast partner, Kelly, who is the cardboard cutout behind us right now. Nothing. Um, he ended up... Oh, it was the wrong one. No, nothing. Um, he ended up... Uh, they gave it a definition, which is a person or a, a person or group who are infatuated with nerd and geek culture. And you can be a nerd or a geek about anything. So that's really the glory of Perjangers, which is what we try to strive for, which is giving people a soapbox to, you know, have that podcast, have that forum that they can, you know, have a conversation and have this media to, you know, push that. And we have a bunch of different people in affiliation with us, you know, uh, podcast-wise that are, you know, all over the place now between sports and wrestling and uh, we have a whole and a whole other channel just dedicated to gaming and it's starting to evolve you're the second actor that we have had on the podcast the first one was uh, the actress Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5 and we had her on dude she was fucking awesome nice so, I don't know if I should save this question for the show or not. Spitball it. You have a producing credit on your IMDb. Yeah. You talking and, about straight out of the A? Yes. <laughs> and I was wondering if this is center one. Oh well, gosh, where is it? Okay, take so out, no, take out the center one. Yeah. It's currently in development. Is this where you're going now, or are you 
Oh, so you shook your head. Is it not? In the- <laughs> nah, what, oh, so I wrote the book uh, for, um, if you know, The Goody Mob with okay. uh, CeeLo Green and uh, Cujo, mm-hmm. Timo, Gip. Mm-hmm. Um, I the autobiography for uh, Cujo Goody. I did was his his personal life and uh, and life with the group and everybody and Outkast and, and everybody from the Dirty South, the Dungeon family in Atlanta. And uh, so I met a guy up here who was in the process of developing a script for us. And he just kind of fell off the, the, the plan with that. And uh, it just, it died out probably within the year that it, we were getting it all up and running. Oh, okay. Yeah. He wanted to be a little bit more greedy and just try to take over everything. And it didn't work out for uh, like Cujo. It definitely didn't work out for me. Um, so it just kind of stayed up there on IMDb since he, added that credit up there nothing ever happened with it just the book and uh it's where it's at is it something that you're thinking about getting into like producing and when i uh, wrote books back when uh, that was my, my goal was to create the story back then and just and try to get it produced uh into into a movie kind of put myself in the movie as well uh but now i just focus on being an actor and you know if a script comes my way if i can be a part of a script I'll help um, producing. I think it just kind of falls in line with just being in the industry and the business itself. So, right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, just acting in it in and of itself is it's one of those things that not a lot of people get to do. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I'm way too self-conscious. I couldn't do it. I don't know. It's just like, do I look dumb? Am I being ridiculous? Watching you, first time I watched you was in Law Law Abiding Citizen, which was, if you blink, you'll miss it, but you were in the courtroom, Jamie Foxx, two seats away from him, all that, and, you know, in that, you just had the small glimpse, but in Drown the Clown, I had, like, a whole fucking, like, like two hours of your acting abilities in that. (laughs) Appreciate that. Glad you watched, man. And it was it was great, man, because you took the role serious. Is especially like when I, you look at I look at you going and um like watching a you're trying to watch a show, and you're just you're like ah uh, you know it is what it is. Uh, I'm just trying to watch this. Go find your ball your doll somewhere else. Normal job, right? <laughs> You kept that kind of, this is my role, even as the character expanded. And you were just like, what? I'm, we're training octopus for a show, people. Come on. It was very, like, this was your normal day-to-day job, and you were trying to train the rookie, but she wasn't having it. And that's what I loved about that movie, is that that was the thriller part of, like, what are you really training her to do? Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that that's, I think that that was the takeaway I wanted. Yeah. Um, man, it was just such a neutral character. When I read the script originally, um, they rewrote it. It was rewritten for me, to, uh, for my age range. I was originally supposed to be like a 56 year old security guard, but um, I you look good for your age. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Try, man. It's all the essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> And so this film, it was just, when I saw the script, that was the role. I was like, I want that role, but he was giving it to me anyway. So 
uh, that, that was exciting. So I, I took it very serious. I knew I was going to be, um, I knew we were going to be seen. It was going to be distributed. Um, and I just wanted to be at least one of his better movies uh, because this movie was shot by one, one director. He was the cameraman. He was the writer of the whole script. He put the money in uh, for everything that was necessary. He secured the locations. It was just a really one guy running around. Every scene you saw shot was one guy holding the camera and directing at the same time. So, oh wow, it was like, and I knew what he was capable of in, in doing. And with a budget, with even a a little budget, I know he can do way more with a crew backing him up. And he did the you know behind the scenes things. Every single scene was dubbed, so we performed it shoot day. Uh, every shoot day we performed it and then I would say like six months later we came back into his home studio and we shot um, all the actual recording and put our voices back to the performance so none of those voices that you're hearing when we perform was, was live it was all after we're in a room and we're trying to get the feel for what we did that day and, and knock it out so that, that was probably the most exciting part of just knowing that little feature of the film so yeah test 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 you're good all right so we got everything all set to go and of course i hear him we want you to also hear us in saying push right here to subscribe you want to go ahead and like and comment below right above the old man's head well that's going to be the very best per jangers and wall hangers video for you right above my head well that's going to be every single triforce podcast in a playlist and as our main man connor always says Whoop-hoo! Whoop-hoo! he says it cuter bye-bye Whoop-hoo! Whoop-hoo! <laughs>